We're driven by the search for better. But when it comes to hiring, the best way to search for a candidate isn't to search at all. Don't search match with Indeed. Indeed is your matching and hiring platform with over 350 million global monthly visitors, according to Indeed data, and a matching engine that helps you find quality candidates fast. Ditch the busy work. Use Indeed for scheduling, screening, and messaging so you can connect with candidates faster. Leveraging over 140 million qualifications and preferences every day, Indeed's matching engine is constantly learning from your preferences, so the more you use Indeed, the better it gets. Join more than 3.5 million businesses worldwide that use Indeed to hire great talent fast. And listeners of this show will get a $75 sponsored job credit to get your jobs more visibility at Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Just go to Indeed.com slash BlueWire right now and support our show by saying that you heard about Indeed on this podcast. That's Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Terms and conditions apply. Need to hire? You need Indeed. You're listening to Broncos for Breakfast with Nick Kendall and Scott Kennedy. There we go. Welcome in. Welcome in, everybody. It is Thursday morning, August 3rd, and I'm back. It's time to talk a little bit about Broncos for Breakfast. Scott, how you doing? Did you miss me? What's uh, what's new? I did. I only did about half the shows I'd planned on doing because you weren't here. So yeah. I was like, you know, I'd get up and I'm like, I can do this. Or, you know, I did go Tuesday. So Tuesday was the Broncos for Breakfast with all the stuff going on. I'm like, well, I can do I can I can hold down 45 minutes. I got plenty to talk about. But uh, yeah, it's, it's, it's good to have your, your workout buddy. It's like, I, I don't mind letting myself down, but I don't want to let you down. So and, and I hate letting everybody else down. That's the that's the thing. But uh, it's great to have you back. I know you've had a, a blast. Yeah, I just got back from uh, the Sawtooths in Idaho. Beautiful, beautiful country. Did about uh, 67 miles over six days. And I think we were approaching 14,000 feet of elevation and caught a lot of fish. Uh, it was really great. A lot of really, really cool, underrated area, not too far from Boise. So if you get a chance to get out there in the summertime, I do think it's probably best as a uh, backcountry expedition kind of area. It's kind of hard to like, you know, do your day hikes in there and see things because things are pretty far back there. But uh Six six days, five nights, and then the last night there was a, a hot spring that we stayed at, uh, pretty nearby, and enjoyed that as well. So it was a, it was a good trip, and uh, excited to get back into the groove of things now. I've been up there once. My cousin lives in Sun Valley, so oh, good good area. No, I don't yeah. I don't know if it was like it wasn't like that then. Uh, okay, <laughs> um, I mean they're not broke, but they're not yeah. you know they weren't loaded. Yeah, they. Um, uh, but yeah, good times. A, it's a wealthy area now. Somebody that we met out there. Uh, does a lot of like gigs and whatnot, and uh, they meet Arnold Schwarzenegger, who has a house out there in Sun Valley. And Arnold always jokes that he is by far the the poorest person on his hill. Uh, <laughs> so I think there's a lot of money in uh, Sun Valley now. But uh, beautiful I area. I was still in California, so that's probably 15 years ago. Yeah, I think I was up exploded. there. But uh, let's say hello to some people coming in here. I know that uh, we've been gone for a bit, or not as uh, back on normal. So still have a few more things coming up, but uh, we'll be kicking into more of high gear here with uh, football just right around the corner now we're in training camp so you guys are gonna have to bring me up to speed i did the best i could but i was without any sort of cell service for a while so let's say hello first we got to say hello to our guy mark schrader coming in ten dollars saying good morning with the super chat good to see you mark hope you're doing well and hope everything's great down there in texas i know it's been pretty darn hot uh so hope you're doing well and uh staying cool also another super chat coming in here david cromello it's good to see you dave hope you're doing well Excited for your Broncos and Bears this year. 
Uh, he says, number one, Tim Patrick will be badly missed. Uh, Russell Wilson may be above and beyond repair. And Tim Patrick might have been only worth one plus win the season. Both can be true. <coughs> Excuse me. Yes, both can be true. Uh, Tim Patrick is going to be missed, uh, no doubt. Uh, he was somebody who I think was a as much of a mentality thing as he was on the field, you know, a very physical player, a very uh, demanding player, kind of a dog out there, not to, you know, lean into cliches. And I'm not sure if they have that kind of guy now on the, uh, in the skill positions, you know, somebody who is that, you know, physical uh, mean presence out there that Tim Patrick kind of brings. So I definitely think one, 1. 1.5, maybe even two wins uh, because of the synergistic effect of helping the quarterback out uh, could be impactful with Tim Patrick. But that means guys like Cortland Sutton, Jerry Judy, who we talked about potentially trade uh, targets last year, our last offseason have to step up. Uh, your Marvin Mims has to step up. Maybe Marcus Callaway can be a guy now, Brandon Johnson. Uh, there's also been an undrafted free agent rookie who's been stepping up as a wide receiver whose name's escaping me right now. So when the guy goes down like this, it sucks. I feel really bad for Tim Patrick more than anything else. Uh, but uh, there's going to be opportunities for other guys to step up. And maybe Russell Wilson is beyond repair. We're going to find out this season. And uh, I'm going to say no. <clears throat> Set this up as a math equation. No, both cannot be true. Because if two is true, one is not. If two, Russell Wilson may be above and beyond repair, then Tim Patrick will not be badly missed. Hmm. So uh, if I said that, that, that those both cannot be true. If Russell Wilson is playing well, then Tim Patrick could definitely be badly missed because you're you're looking at something else. Now, if you're saying it's not even about, it's not even saying playing well. Well, Scott, Tim Patrick could have helped Russell Wilson play better, but that's not what the statement is. The statement is maybe above and beyond repair. If that's true. It doesn't matter who your wide receivers are. So, uh, no, they both can't be true. Um, you're hoping that you're hoping that neither ends up being true, honestly. And there's guys that step up and and fill the gaps, so to speak, that he has left. But he's left a gap for over a year, and there's been plenty of guys that have had a chance to step up. Now, can Cortland Sutton move up? Can Jerry Judy move up? And I think, you know, Marvin Mims isn't necessarily going to miss him because he's never known him. You can't miss what you never had. Um, he got to see him work and do all those kind of things. But uh, there's another question in here that, you know, Mar is is Marquez Callaway the number three? And we'll get into that. But I think I think there's some writing on the wall about the the questions about the wide receiver room when you trade up to the second to get Marvin Mims. Mm -hmm. Yeah. So there's, there's going to be opportunities and losing Tim Patrick. And also, uh, do you want to also uh, mention – KJ Hamler, obviously as well, a, a footnote on that one, but that's also unfortunate because he was the ultimate, you know, wild card and we both were not depending on him. Uh, but, uh, you know, he's out now with a heart condition uh, that came up. Is that, am I incorrect in saying that? I think it was a heart uh, thing. So hoping the best to both Tim and uh, KJ, you know, life sounds like maybe life after football for KJ coming up here, but uh, hoping maybe for the best he for could be back. He, they, yeah. they've left the door open for, you know, passing the medical tests and all this type of stuff that he could be back. Mm -hmm. Um, and, and Tim Patrick could be back too. You just start wondering after four tight season ending type of injuries at 30 years old, do you, you know, and, and lucky, I won't say lucky for him. He earned it. Um, but he's, he's financially set, you know, he got 17 million guaranteed from this latest contract. He's in his thirties. He'll probably, the competitor in him will probably want to give it one more try, Yeah, but we, we will see. We will see. Yeah, and uh, Taylor Grimes is the undrafted free undrafted free agent from uh, Incarnate Word who's had some sh splash plays uh, in training camp. So, uh, you know, asked around because I'd, again, been off the grid and like, hey, 
you know, I haven't been there at training camp. Uh, what's the word? And Taylor Grimes was uh, one of the guy names that uh, was fed back to me as somebody to pay attention to. And also a guy that we liked last year in uh, Brandon, Brandon Johnson has uh, been making some moves. Well, so there's, there's going to be opportunities there. Hopefully somebody can step up. Michael Ronquillo always stepping up here on the show says, good morning, Nick and Scott on Broncos for breakfast. Go Broncos and Buckham. Good to see you, Michael. Hope you're doing well down there in Tucson. Hopefully you're staying cool. We appreciate you coming in. Yeah, and Michael must have missed you. Came in with the big stars today. So oh, thank you, Michael. Yeah. Appreciate you uh, helping to kick our August off with a bang. That's on awesome, Michael. for breakfast. Uh, you're always appreciated, my friend. Appreciate you, Michael. We got Kevin Gray in here. Morning again. Scott Big Mile High Salute. Happy Thursday. Make sure you guys hit the like button. Bama X says, good morning. Good to see you, Bama X. <clears throat> we got Jeremy Sean saying, morning, boys. I have a feeling the preseason games will be will take on a bigger level of importance with the reporting from training camp being so limited. It'll be hard not to overreact. I mean, it's always hard to overreact or not to overreact because of how thirsty we are for any new information, especially at this point in the offseason. Anything we can get, or I guess not the offseason, but training camp, anything we can get, especially, you know, Scott and I will try to not make it big potatoes, but we're going to cover it. Uh, so it's going to be hard not to overreact, but it's always, you know, just a, a piece of the puzzle and uh, progressing to uh, bigger and more important things over time. But no doubt, yeah, the preseason games are going to be important. And not just because we're limited on information from training camp, but because sounds like Sean Payton is going to play a lot of the important players and starters. So they're definitely going to be important. They need to. You know, when you're doing installs of new offense, new defenses, they need to get reps. That's how you get better. I know it's a 17-game season, and um, while Nick is hacking up trail dust, we'll we'll cover him <laughs> a little bit. But, yeah, you, you get better through playing. You learn mm-hmm. through playing. And I, I've heard several coaches say it, and I firmly believe it. You know, the best way to learn is to do, to do and fail and to improve on, learn and get better. So, you know, some of the as far as the preseason games taking on a big level of importance, again, can one be true without the other on this one? Yes, I think it can take a bigger level of importance, but I don't think it has anything to do with the reporting from training camp being so limited. I think that's completely opposite. It may take on a bigger scale to the public because, hey, more people are going to be tuning in to see what's going on because we don't know. Maybe. I mean, it's the NFL. The NFL is huge anyway. We're driven by the search for better. But when it comes to hiring, the best way to search for a candidate isn't to search at all. Don't search match with Indeed. Indeed is your matching and hiring platform with over 350 million global monthly visitors, according to Indeed data, and a matching engine that helps you find quality candidates fast. Ditch the busy work. Use Indeed for scheduling, screening and messaging so you can connect with candidates faster. Leveraging over 140 million qualifications and preferences every day, Indeed's matching engine is constantly learning from your preferences. So the more you use Indeed, the better it gets. Join more than 3.5 million businesses worldwide that use Indeed to hire great talent fast. And listeners of this show will get a $75 sponsored job credit to get your jobs more visibility at Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Just go to Indeed.com slash BlueWire right now and support our show by saying that you heard about Indeed on this podcast. That's Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Terms and conditions apply. Need to hire? You need Indeed. Uh, but it's going to take on a bigger level of importance for the players because they need to get their repetitions in and get going, not stand around all August and then show up for the first game with their first live snaps. Yeah. Yep. Uh, so it'll be big and uh, Scott and I'll obviously be here to cover it and uh, talk to what we see and hopefully uh, give you guys all the information on it. Uh, we also got the Christian Christian Yano coming in here saying the Riley Moss injury explained by the 
uh, Foster, not Foster, Fabian Moreau signing. Um, I know Scott is not a big fan of Fabian Moreau, so I'll <laughs> leave that one for you. But uh, Riley Moss has a core injury surgery, sets him back four weeks. Uh, Broncos said they brought Fabian Moreau in. We're impressed with him. I still think it's uh, Damari Harris's job to lose there on the boundary. Uh, Fabian Moreau at least maybe can be your first guy off the bench. I know he struggled uh, with the Falcons, but it sounds like the Broncos were excited to bring him in, so hoping for the best. I did like him uh, coming out of UCLA all those years ago as a day three option, and he stuck around the league long enough to be considering a uh, – I think he ended up going round three, uh, but st- stuck around the league long enough. So he hasn't been a total bust, uh, but did not play. No, great he was Falcons. a he was a total bust in Atlanta. Um, yeah. He was just awful, just just horrible on a team full of Chicago Bears and Tennessee Titans rejects that the Falcons pulled off the waiver wires <clears throat> uh, to build their team because they were eighty million dollars in dead cap money. Uh, so their defense was full of Grady Jarrett, AJ Terrell, day three draft picks and uh veteran minimum guys he was the worst mm-hmm. he was he, i mean steven means only hit the quarterback twice in 15 starts and fabian moreau was worse than him um can he be better absolutely you know i don't know what it was but the, my, my biggest problem with him at, with fabian moreau is the lack of effort um that will not fly and he won't make the team so you don't have to worry about it he was a starter in atlanta so the falcons did have to worry about it but he basically let it, if there was a, a running play come in his direction, he basically would let himself get blocked out of bounds. Just, 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 just forego, you know, the, the Olay on the outside. And it was, it was just dreadful to watch. You don't have to worry about that because that won't stand. If, if he's not throwing a helmet in and being physical, he'll never make the team. So, yeah. you know, can't body for now. We'll see. Um, but he was making just under a million dollars on a vet minimum in New York and they opted not to bring him back. So again, he's got some on his resume, but like we've been saying with Dalton Reisner, who, Hey, look at this. He started this many games, blah, blah, blah. Yeah, he was, he was bad. He was bad, but you're not yeah. counting on him to come in and be a starter. So you're in a pretty good situation here. Uh, situation there. Um, thought this was pretty damn funny. This was one of those. You had me in the first half. Uh, Wang Chung says, I'm blasting uh, Broncos for breakfast as loud as I can. And my neighbors threw a rock through my window so that they could listen better. You know, just open the window, man. Turn it up for them. Invite them over for coffee. You know, (laughs) Broncos for breakfast. Socialize a little bit. And I'm I'm sorry about your window, dude. But, you know, thanks for sharing. Yeah, hopefully no bugs come in. Uh, Tired of the bugs for sure. Happy, man. It felt good to sleep in a bed the other day. Uh, but I appreciate the fun. Wing Chung always has some fun comments coming in. Ethan missed you. I hope you're doing well. Says good morning, gents in Broncos country. Good to see you. With first no fear, says good morning, Nick Scott and all Broncos country. Do you guys think Marquez Callaway will be the third receiver instead of Marvin Mims? I don't. I think if it, if it was Marquez Callaway versus the field, not including Sutton, Tim Patrick, and uh, Marvin Mims, I might even take the field there uh, for that one just because Callaway, he definitely has a chance to have a bigger role now, especially with Tim Patrick out, but uh, t- we know that Sean Payton likes to use a lot of different personnel packages. Maybe he leans more into tight ends. Uh, you know, he talked about using Dulcich as a uh, H back and kind of out of the backfield more. Maybe that's the direction they go, but no doubt losing Tim Patrick's going to hurt, especially uh, it sounded like in training camp, they're using Tim Patrick and a lot of uh, quick hitters over the middle kind of stuff. And uh, we know that Sean Payton liked to do that with Drew Brees and uh, Michael Thomas. So things have to change there. We'll see how it plays out, but I think it'll be Marvin Mims uh, over, Marquez Callaway. I mean, any team could assign Callaway. Broncos traded up to get Mims. Just looking at the investment uh, that they placed in each of these guys, I think Mims is more likely to be the third, assuming everybody's healthy. 
I, I know. And you could be talking about, you know, wide receiver one, wide receiver two, wide receiver three. When I think of third wide receiver, I think who has the third most receptions. Um, and I don't think Callaway comes in the top five. Well, I'm hoping um, it's Javante Williams. Right. Javante Williams could end yeah. up being your, your number one wide receiver, uh, you know, per, I mean, receiver, uh, not wide receiver, but receiver. Um, you, you keep an eye on P Ryan, keep an eye on McLaughlin for goodness sakes, Dulcich, et cetera, et cetera. That as far as receiving option goes, uh, I don't think Callaway is in the top five at the end of the season. Yeah. And if he is, it's probably, but, but I knew what you meant and no, yeah. I still think the answer is no. I think yeah. health wise, I agree with Nick. It's it's Sutton, Judy, Mims. I would go Judy Sutton Mims, but yes. Either um, way, yeah, yeah, yeah. I wasn't, I wasn't, uh, I wasn't, I wasn't putting those was in any order. I, not I would think Judy. I, I think Judy leads the team in, in receiving yards this year. Yeah. I agree. If that's what you said, I agree with that. Yeah. Uh, Zach Powers, morning, morning. Good to see you, Zach. We got Jamal Killings in the house saying morning Broncos country. My guy Dom Ahamio in here saying good morning, Nick Scott and Broncos country. Good to see you. U.S. Dave saying Buenos Dias. Greg Smith, good to see you. Aloha. Good morning, Broncos for breakfast. Denver Broncos for life. Bama X gave me a hard time saying Nick's being a slacker. Things heat up in uh, Broncos country, and he goes off the grid. Yeah, I came back. I'm like, oh, my gosh, all this stuff is happening. Nathaniel Hackett, Sean Payton. I left right when Sean Payton made some comments about, uh, you know, things not being good there, and then we see the Hackett and Rogers stuff. Uh, I I guess you probably already had a chance to talk about this, uh, the Hackett-Payton stuff. Me, I don't give a hoot. Code glass houses. Uh, Sean Payton's got enough, as I, you know, we like to say in here. Skins on the wall. If he wants to come in and uh, spice things up a bit, I think Sean Payton is comfortable enough in what he's done that he can come in and talk his bleep. But it uh, it can look. He needs to be able to back it up too in Denver uh, coming forward. A lot of people are going to put a lot on that Week Five game, but for me, it's much more about turning the team around and having a good product on the field and competitive football come December, January than whatever they do in week five versus the Jets. Is it considered unsportsmanlike than glass houses? Yeah, I agree with Hackett on that one. Do I particularly care? Not really. I don't. No. Does it matter in the grand scheme of things? No, not a bit. Um, you know, and it's the same thing that goes with trash talking. I, I kind of find it juvenile. You know, I don't care. It's like, oh, you gave them bullets and board material. Man, if you, if you need someone else's talk to get you motivated for a game, you're you're in trouble. In trouble. Yeah, you're in a lot of trouble. It's like, well, you know, it'll make it worse if you lose. Well, so what? You still lose. A loss is a loss. How you take it, that's on you. Mm-hmm. I don't I don't particularly care. Um, do I agree with Haggis? Like, hey, we're we're kind of this is kind of a fraternity, et cetera, et cetera. You don't it's 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 a little bit out of line. Yeah, it is out of line. It is. If we are walking these lines with these coach speak things, it is. It is out of that line of what we expect from coaches. Do I really care? No, I don't. No. I don't care. Um, it was handled. It's over. Done with. He'll bring it back up again in week five. And, uh, you know, I like uh, I like how Sean Payton finished with it. Was, you know, any, do you care to comment on the uh, X comments? I don't remember if it was Nathaniel Hawkins. He's like, nope, we're past it. Yes, Yeah, we are. It's, it's, it's over. It's not going to win games. It's not going to no. lose games. Might make you feel worse if you lose them, but you're still losing them. That's, that's on you. One of those yeah. things, Nick, no one can make you feel bad but, but about yourself except you. Yeah. One of those things, right? I, I don't, I don't no. care. I don't care what they say. I really don't. Yeah. I, for me, I wish, and this is obviously being Broncos biased lens on this one, which we try to fight, but I think it'd been better if Hackett would have been like, yeah, it was shitty last year. Sorry to cuss, but uh, it was bad. And uh, we should have been better did, though. He's like, you know, I mean, he kind of did. He's, I was expecting to hear all these comments about what a bad job it was. I own that. I, I kind of did kind of did, but 
And as I've said, nobody who spoke negatively about what, including me, including anybody, including Hackett, including Rodgers, nobody, nobody, nobody said Sean Payton was wrong. No. Nobody. So that might be part of it too. Yeah, it was. Yeah. It was a historically bad coaching job last year. Yeah. For all a, lit, a litany of reasons. Yep. Don't uh, don't feel bad for any of them either. Uh, if you, if somebody no, fire me and pay me. Daniel Hackett get last year. I mean, they, they had to pay him out of probably a three or four year contract. He probably got thirty million dollars last year for what fifteen games that he did he coach. I think so. Yep. Yeah, that would not, be a, not feeling too bad for this man. A good gig. Yeah. Uh, <laughs> but uh, David Bishop, good morning, guys. Good to see you, David. Isaiah Stacks in the house in Broncos country. How are we feeling? We're feeling good. We're excited. Dom Ramiel says, well, Nick, a rookie running back as fast as hell. And Justin is actually killing on defense. Offensive line is doing okay. I've heard the offensive line has been uh, up and down in pass protection, but that's not too surprising early on. That does make me a little bit worried given the lack of elite talent on the defensive line that the Broncos have in my perspective. Uh, but it's still very early as well. And that's one of the bigger questions. I know we were very excited about the potential of uh, Zach Streif coming in here as the Broncos uh, offensive line coach, first-time coach uh, for the offensive line. Uh, he was an assistant offensive line coach, and uh, he's been considered a rising uh, good offensive line coach, but first-timer and a lot of new pieces in the offensive line as well. So that could take time, but offensive line and how that comes together and how that looks is going to be very big uh, for the, how this offense can function this season. Uh, I think that's actually probably... Russell Wilson's number one, but behind that, it's how good this offensive line can be around that. Because if you have a matchup proof offensive line, you can go in any week and kind of dictate uh, the terms of interactions on the field. And Broncos have not been able to do that the last, gosh, since like 2006, maybe. And uh, hopefully you can have that with Sean Payton, considering that's been a Bill Parcells uh, just tenant uh, that he's wanted for a number of years, a, a key pillar. So we'll see, but uh, hopefully the offensive line uh, continues to improve because what I've heard is that they've been up and down and specifically in pass protection. Well, and there's, wasn't their strength last year. No, you've God, got no. soft. How many players back? You've got three of the five back and one of them's coming off a pretty serious injury. So there's, there's work to be done. There, mm -hmm. There's plenty of work to be done. Yeah. And that's one another reason, like all these preseason offensive line rankings, or the Broncos are like ranked tenth or twelfth. It's like, ah, uh, I'll believe it when I see it. I know they spent a lot of money on it, but a lot, a lot of question marks still in that unit, and hoping for the best because again, that's going to be if they have a good offensive line this year, that can go a long way. Uh, Dom talking about the oh, oh, thank you, Dom. Good to see you. Alberto coming in saying good morning, fellas. Let's go Broncos. Let's have a great day today. Absolutely. Uh, Austin H says if there's a silver lining about the Tim Patrick injury uh, was out last year at least. The team is used to being out for a year. Yeah, I mean. There used to be him being out, but they also all really love Tim Patrick as well as a person. He seems like a great guy and a glue guy in that locker room. And for this to happen to him again, it's definitely some heavy hearts in uh, Broncos country going on right now. It's just he threw his helmet across the field. He knew it was happening. I mean, it's just it really sucks. And I think about Tim Patrick. I don't know him personally, but it's, by all counts, sounds like a great dude. I think about him as a person before I even think about what the ramifications are. Uh, for the Broncos, but hopefully Broncos can figure out how to live without him. About the time I about gave up on the NFL was an Achilles injury to Atlanta Falcon safety, Keanu Neal. This reminded me of that, Nick. He was just coming on. He was in a Tim Patrick situation. and just missed a previous season, comes back, tears an Achilles in the first game, rips his helmet off in anger, and they threw a personal foul penalty on him mm. for taking his helmet off. I'm like, you've got to be kidding me. Guys, some common sense, please. And Austin, I, I, I agree with this. Like I've said um, you know, Tim Patrick, you're not missing him because he wasn't there last year. 
that would make me feel better saying that if the offense wasn't historically bad last year. You know, you were missing him last year. You know, so if you had stepped up and been, okay, and filled in the gaps and done really well, filled the gap, bridged the gap. Boy, I think I've said that like three times today already. Um, and things had been okay, I'd feel better about saying, okay, Tim Patrick's gone. But, man, it was you were counting on him to be one of the guys to help lift you up from where it was last year. And that's the, the opportunity cost there of what's it going to cost you not having him. We'll never know, mm-hmm. but it's certainly, I certainly wanted to see him out there for not just for his sake, obviously, but because of what he brings to this team. Yeah. Yep. It's a bummer. And uh, again, just thoughts to Tim Patrick, the person, hopefully, hopefully he's doing Okay. I'm glad he, I know it stinks for the Broncos considering they paid him and then they've gotten very little back from him, but I'm happy again for him that he signed that contract beforehand and got that security because man, uh, really rough circumstances for him since that and just terrible luck for the Broncos too, but again, it's happening to him. part of it in this game, right? Yep. You know, you yep. say, because his contract was under market six yep. months later. Well, you got a bunch of guaranteed money in there. Mm-hmm. Good, good for you, you know, yep. and, and NFL still the only only sport that doesn't do guaranteed money it's it's the most dangerous sport and it's the one with the least amount of player protection out there it's that's a different conversation nick yeah yep uh, leroy williams good to see us as mile high salute guys good to see you. it's been a while since i've been on here well glad to have you back question will the broncos bring in another veteran receiver or stick with their guns and have the next man up i think that's going to be a next man up situation here they might bring in another body uh but i think it'll probably be we're at the point now where guys i think are mostly here uh unless there's you know a few injuries but uh, i haven't heard them bringing in anybody at wide receiver it seems like they have enough guys stand out and again we're getting close enough to the 90 to 53 man cutoff that i think you're gonna have a much better pool of options in what is it three four weeks now mm-hmm. uh so i think that's probably more likely and again we've had enough question marks and potential ability at wide receiver that we can wait and see what happens in training camp and preseason and then reevaluate with based on all that new information there are always moves being made. Always, always, always. I expect a receiver to be changed, added to this roster within the next month. Uh, it could be a guy that, again, it could be a camp body type. It could be tomorrow. Um, am I expecting a name guy to come in and contribute that you're going to sign in the next week? No, I'm not. Uh, could you get one of those guys in four weeks that, you add that can come in and add to the rotation? Yes. So... Is there another need for a wide receiver? Probably. Probably. Do you want to go out and spend money on one right now? Or do you want to wait until, I think we did the math, Nick. There's about 12 wide receivers on every team right now. They might keep six. It's 180 wide receivers that are about to hit the waiver wire. It's going to be some good players in there that you're going to have a shot at. Yep. Without a doubt. So some guys, I'm sure that Sean Payton and, uh, Broncos uh, coaches have liked in the past, whether it be via you know, free agency or the draft that they can circle back around on. So that's just kind of how the game goes. Cristiano, good morning. Good to see you. Phoenix Fire, Broncos Country, good morning. Listening at work. It's almost time. Absolutely is almost time. Miguel Santa Steven coming in here saying good morning, fellas. Uh, besides the defense tearing up in camp, what other good things are you guys hearing? Uh, I guess just more specifics on uh, players stepping up and doing well. I mentioned uh, Taylor Grimes earlier, wide receiver. He's been stepping up and having a pretty darn good camp. And another guy we've been harping on a uh, defensive line in here, uh, but uh, sounds like PJ Mustafer, uh, undrafted free agent from Penn State, has been having a heck of a camp as well. So maybe he's somebody who can uh, give yourself some options, some depth 
on that line. And now that we know that uh, Owazirike is probably going to be out for maybe ever, uh, given the crazy stuff going on with Iowa State and uh, his uh, gambling uh, charges and whatnot. But uh, yeah, he's uh, going to be out and maybe PJ Mustafer can step up and become a big option on this team. He's another one who's been tearing it up and uh, deserved a shout out at least this point in the process. And two of the names that Jeremy mentions here, the good news, bad news is, is good. You know, Benito and Cooper have looked great at the edge. The bad is they're going against Denver Broncos tackles. You know, that's why I always say you've got to hedge every single thing you hear coming out of camp because it's same on same. Russell Wilson's really struggling. Okay, is that because the defense has been that great? Is that because the offense are putting? Is that because he's pushing the envelope? I always said, I didn't start snow skiing until I was 30. It's like, did you bust your ass? I'm like, yeah, I busted my ass, of course. Mm-hmm. If I'm not falling down, I'm not trying hard enough to get better. If I'm not making mistakes, I'm not pushing the envelope. You can only find your limit by failing. All of those cliches. So all of this stuff is internal. So yeah, we're hearing pretty good things about Nick Benito. Hearing good things about Jonathan Cooper. But we're still in the show me phase of this. Okay, now let's see him do it against ones from another team that isn't wearing the same color helmet. So again, take it all with a grain of salt. I'm not gonna not gonna react overreact too much to what uh, what we're seeing and or hearing at, at training camp right now. Yeah, and when it comes to Benito, Coop- yeah, stay healthy, <laughs> God. Um, and it comes to Cooper and Benito and the tackles. Scott will talk about this at uh, you know Senior Bowl coverage as well, but. Right now, the those type of situations in training camp and practices are set up to really favor the attackers at that position because you're not having to worry as much about the run fits or whatnot, right? Like it's not the super duper physical. You have to like really buy in to what your gap is and run defense. You can be you can cheat a little bit uh, in some of the pass rush reps, which makes it harder for the tackles and easier for the edges. So uh, hopefully that it's ninety percent speed and finesse, and that's. <laughs> That's what that's Nick Benito. That's Nick Benito's game. Yep. So uh, for these guys, hopefully the the actual when it comes to the physicality of an actual game speed and how it's played when the run game you has to be a factor played in. Hopefully the tackles can be better. Uh, and also considering Garrett Bowles reported struggles early on, he's on watch. I know about uh, it was pretty early in the offseason. There was talk about the Broncos approaching him with a restructure, uh, not official, but allegedly. And then maybe him being on the, uh, the trading block if that wasn't agreed upon that quickly went away but that was i think talked about back in like february uh march maybe and uh his contract is super easy uh to move on from after this season so maybe we are on garrett bull's watch i know the broncos did bring back cam fleming and fleming last season was a better definitely a better run blocker uh than garrett bull's was uh last season and just pretty much in general especially in gap scheme so uh, we'll see what happens with garrett bull's uh going forward but if he's struggling he may not be long uh, for this team um, after the season. Yeah, he's got an, an $18 million cap hit against a dead cap of eight next year. So you're saving $10 million just with a flat out cut, mm-hmm. let alone with a trade. And you say, okay, we'll pay five if you pick up eight of his 13 million. So he's yeah. um, he's vulnerable. He's vulnerable. Yep. And a lot of these guys are, Nick. We, we've said that all year. This entire roster for the most part, except the, you know, rewind back to January before the new guys that you've signed. Those guys are on long-term deals. They're part of the plan moving forward. Rewind back to January, just about every single player on this team, their contract, every key player that you think of, Justin Simmons, Cortland Sutton, Tim Patrick, Garrett Bowles, Russell Wilson to a certain extent, has basically, I can make an out of the uh, from these guys after the 2023 season. So if mm-hmm. they don't get it done... There will be a 
huge amount of changes for mm. 2024. It will be a it'll be a burn this thing down and start over type of thing. There will be a lot of changes. Mm. So everybody's everybody's on notice for the most part. As they should be uh, after last season. Pearl Heater, good morning. Good to see you, Pearl. Hope you're doing well. Savage Boy saying, I hope Peyton brings out uh, that play where Simmons jumps over the line to block a field goal versus the Jets. That'd be great. Benjamin Flores, we see you. Says, good morning, fellas. Everyone's tripping on these interceptions, but that's just our D showing out and then figuring out what Russ does best, what to probably stay away from where live bullets are flying. Maybe. Uh, you know, it's one of those things where it's notable, but how important are these interceptions and Russell Wilson's reported struggles early on? Uh, Sean Payton will come out, you know, and face the media and the uh, fans and whatnot and, you know, put on a positive uh, face and, you know, not totally tear down Russ uh, in this situation because he is the quarterback. But I do think it is notable if uh, Russ is struggling, you know, with placement. I think that one interception to Simmons, I think it was to Simmons yesterday where uh, it was supposed to be to Brandon Johnson. It was like nowhere near uh, Brandon Johnson. How, you know, that's on Wilson. That should be something you struggle about. Apparently there was a play yesterday too where Wilson, you know, turned around and had his back to the line of scrimmage and tossed it to a running back. And like, if that was, you know, off at all, that's a potentially, you know, massive loss of yards at best, if not a fumble. So I am uh, concerned about Wilson. We'll see what happens. But my concern about Wilson is more so what we saw last season and needing to be shown that it's been corrected and improved upon versus the struggles so far in training camp. But I'll tell you, the reported struggles in training camp don't help uh, my concerns. Appreciate you, Benjamin. Um, about time to get to the topic, 30 minutes yeah. in, of, of Drew Sanders. <laughs> yes, Drew Sanders. So, Scott, I'll, I'll tee this up for you. You sent me this earlier. Uh, CBS uh, talking a little bit of betting. We don't have a betting sponsor right now, but uh, that's okay. Uh, so we're talking about the uh, Rookie of the Year options here, and you came across this and found Drew Sanders as somebody who's being hyped up by CBS. Yeah, they were talking about here are the best bets for Offensive Rookie of the Year and Defensive Rookie of the Year, and here's a good midterm bet and they came up they came up with uh with drew sanders which was uh, a little bit of a surprise to see that name out there for you know I, I didn't expect it that's for sure that's one of the reasons i sent it to nick um but cbs had this to say about the i won't read the whole thing but the best mid-range option and the guy that wrote this his name was will brinson and he posted it today i'll, I'll put this in the link i want to give him some credit um but the, the the odds on drew sanders are 30 to 1 um, and he just absolutely loves Drew Sanders. Uh, no one wants a linebacker, but he's exactly the type of player Sean Payton will tell Vance Joseph to in unleash on situational uh, basis to rush the passer. Music to your ears, Broncos country. Mm -hmm. um, he can move up. He can play inside. He can walk up to the line, play a stand-up edge, and freelance come right up the gut that you, you'll see him. Uh, you can see him do a, a lot of different things. Yeah, so Drew Sanders... I think that it's hard to put him in as a favorite for this because right now he is, to me, third on the depth chart and not a starter. Now, if the Broncos hadn't just paid Alex Singleton and had brought in you know, a really cheap option uh, to be that linebacker opposite Josie Jewell, uh, and there was an obvious chance there for, a single or for uh, Sanders to step up and be that starter uh, opposite Jewell, then I'd say, yes, this is actually a pretty good bet. Linebackers rack up stats. Uh, the media still likes, you know, those kind of stats where they can be like, oh, look, tackles. We're going to vote for that one, uh, even though tackles are not a great indicator. But uh, I think that given that he is, I think, firmly behind Jewel and uh, Singleton for now, makes it pretty hard for me to get behind Sanders uh, being a 
somebody I'd put money on for a defensive rookie of the year. Now, if an injury happens to either Singleton or Jewel, then giddy up. Uh, there's, I think there's a good chance, but I just don't know if there's the opportunity uh, right now for him to really be somebody that I would be betting on uh, to win defensive rookie of the year. Now, I know it's a mid-range one. They're not saying he's a favorite or anything. I think the odds were 30 to one, so not incredible odds for that, but uh, I don't think I would be, just based on where I'm sitting, I don't know if I would vouch for putting money on Sanders as bringing defensive rookie of the year unless an injury occurs ahead of him. Yeah, it, it just depends because if he's going to get it, it's going to be from the sack numbers, not the tackle <clears throat> numbers, you know, like you're saying. So if he Probably situationally both, ends up playing more edge, you know, he ends up with 50 tackles and eight sacks, okay, his, his name will be in it. Um, I, I think from an opportunity standpoint, though, it's going to be tough because you're looking at, you know, Will Anderson is going to get a ton of snaps and he's going to be rushing the passer a ton. So he's going to be able to put up numbers. You know, is Tyree Wilson at Vegas going to be out there? Um, but after that, it gets a little thin. I've heard good things about Lucas Van Ness at DL. But again, you're looking at the guys typically. Now, if you can get some interceptions and you're testing the rookie, that's one thing, Sauce Gardner. Um, but sacks are going to be a big one on there. And for him to get it, he's going to have to be unleashed. Uh, in the passing game, which is a possibility because he doesn't have to beat out Jewel and Singleton to get a spot rushing the passer. Yeah. I just, I don't, I still think there's going to be enough of a rotation up front and without the large chunk of snaps as a linebacker overall, I don't know if he's going to have the overall body of work to do it. If those two stay ahead of him, there's going to be chances for snaps, but I don't know if it's still a big enough piece of pie. And I think a lot of the, rushing that we're going to see from him is more so a and B lined up as a mug linebacker versus at the edge, but we'll see what the rotation looks like and we'll see who's healthy uh, come the start of the season. But my advice on this one uh, would be to hold that bet uh, for now. Don't place that money yet. And let's see who's still healthy uh, come the start of the season. If the odds are still like that and we have an injury to Singleton and Jewel, it doesn't even have to be a full season injury too. It could be, you know, out for four to six weeks or something. And then maybe Drew Sanders comes in and plays so well that they're like, okay, we can't go back the other way. We love this ability to pressure package uh, with him and all the different blitz looks we can do. So will be interesting, but there's just, I think it's a crowded enough linebacker room right now and how the second level stack linebackers are kind of being phased out a tad uh, then at least numbers wise on the field. Uh, I, I would not be putting that bet on just yet, unless you know I had a little bit of money burning a hole in your pocket and you wanted to do something a little fun and bet on. But I, I personally would not be doing that right now uh, for this team uh, just because I don't know if the opportunity for overall uh, snaps is going to be there. You're right, though. The pressure packages and whatnot is probably just as important, but he's a linebacker still, and the tackles still do matter to the general media voters, unfortunately, because they don't watch everybody, and uh, they look for the stats. Yeah. I uh, Again, it, it is mid-range. He's, he's mm -hmm. certainly not one of the favorites, but he's, no. he's still getting some attention out there as a guy who can – you have to put up numbers. That's the thing. Like you're talking about offensive linemen, offensive linemen never win it. Uh, Pablo asks, and it took me a while to find the answer to this because it's not as obvious as you might think. He says, good morning. When is the first joint practice to see how we match up with other teams? It will happen after you've already had a preseason game to see how you match up with other teams. It actually happens uh, the week you play the Rams. So the Rams are doing two joint practices from what I just read that they're doing they're going to be doing joint practices with the Raiders and the Broncos when they are scheduled to play those teams they'll come in and do some joint practices as well. Uh they play the Rams uh let me see here. Joint practice should be 23rd and 24th. Yeah, of August. it says uh, the following week when it travels to Denver to take on the Broncos and it's August 26th preseason finale. 
So a lot, that's kind of a strange time to have joint practices, in my opinion. But, yeah. hey, we're coming to town. You want us to come a little early? Sure, why not? We'll get some work in. You know, why not? Um, I wouldn't be surprised at all if we see the Broncos bigger players um, going more hard in the the joint practices, which are scheduled August 23rd and 24th, and then not seeing a lot of them in that August 26th game because you've already been going at each other for two joint practices, right. and that's when things can get that's actually late. pretty ugly. Yeah, yeah that's but late. it's late. You know, the game, yeah. the, the the last pre the preseason finale, you don't see starters hardly at all there in any way. No. You know, you want to see them early, maybe get a quarter, but you don't see a ton of them anyway. Yeah. And also, if, just a kind of reminder of last year, uh, if you guys recall, uh, the Rams had joint practice last year. I don't remember who they were up against, but uh, Aaron Donald, there was a scrum and Aaron Donald was using his helmet as a uh, a weapon. Uh, so uh, that's uh, when you're a great player, sometimes you can get away with some of that stuff. Uh, but uh, that's uh, I don't know if we'll see the Broncos starters There's for more a than a quarter. On yeah. What you're allowed to it's, it's like the hot, crazy the, scale. Yes, exactly. What you're allowed to get away with uh, is 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 absolutely ask Owazarike, uh yeah. related to uh, how important you are. Yeah, without a doubt. Uh, so we'll be uh, interesting to follow that. But yeah, that's coming up here. Um, Scott, we're at 40 minutes here and obviously still training camp stuff. Is there anything else that you wanted to touch on that you've heard from Broncos training camp so far? Uh, we touched on Russell Wilson. Javante Williams has been padded up, uh, been going through some of the motions there. It does seem like they're still being somewhat uh, reserved with him, as they should be. Um, but the fact that he's out there at all is shocking uh, to me. Is there anything else that's really standing out? To- oh, um, so two things I want to touch on. It sounds like our guys, Patrick Sertan is still Patrick Sertan being awesome. Great out there. Not worried about that. I've heard Justin Simmons is potentially having one of the best camps he's ever had. Uh, something on here we've talked about him being a player that I personally would have maybe considered approaching with a restructure uh, to get a little bit more cap f- flexibility because he's a leader on this team. And I think his play style is not one that is going to uh, age poorly. I think he's a very much, he's still big. He's still going to be quick uh, and he's very long and instinctual. I think that plays well for the next five, six years. Uh, So I wouldn't be too worried about touching that contract with him. It also sounds like our guy is, uh, we keep talking about being one of the most underappreciated players on this team. Quan Williams has been uh, very, very good so far uh, in training camp as well. So uh, some guys, Justin Simmons and Quan Williams really sticking out. Uh, I'm a big fan of Quan Williams. I I really am. I'm I'm a fan of the underdog. And, you know, what's he coming in? Making $2 million as a free agent signing. He was one of your best defensive players last year. Uh, And, you heard the the rant I went on Fabian Moreau. I pay attention to that stuff. Kwan Williams was maybe your best edge defender against the run last year. I mean, mm-hmm. it, as your as your, as a nickel corner, when someone was pulling outside and he had to set the edge, by God, he set it. He dug in and he stuck a shoulder pad into somebody's chest and he set the edge. Love that guy. Then he was obviously good as a as a defensive back. What was he on? Two million dollars. Mm-hmm. Um, that said, somebody we've been very skeptical of, Nick for health reasons, seems to be doing well so far as uh, also the word coming out is it's Caden Stearns. Is Caden mm-hmm. Stearns is having a solid camp, which I've brought questions around, uh, you know, around Caden Stearns. You know, everybody's penciling him in as this answer when he hasn't played much at all. He, you know, he's had less, he had less snaps last year. He has less snaps in his career than Damari Mathis. You know, so there, there were big question marks for me at that spot. And right now, Caden Stearns is answering them. And that's that's a very good thing, Nick. So the Broncos have a lot of standout players right now in the secondary, but that second corner spot is going to be one of, boundary corner, going to be one of potential con, uh, potential contention. 
uh, for this team going forward. And as we've talked about with secondary before, it's a first to fail kind of system. So if everybody else, obviously you can kind of scheme things up where if you have one weakness, you can kind of help it, but good teams and good quarterbacks are going to isolate that one bad player in the secondary and, oh, and spam uh, that option over and over again. And we saw it with, I always think of uh, Peyton Manning in the playoffs. I think it was against uh, Lenny Walls was the cornerback at the time. And Broncos had Champ Bailey and some good safeties back there. They did everything they possibly could to isolate Lenny Walls. And Peyton Manning went for like 350 yards and like had like no incompletions because they just picked that one guy out over and over again. And the offense dictates where the ball goes. So right. hopefully that second cornerback is not a concern here. Hopefully Riley Moss can get healthy. And hopefully Damari Mathis can step up and be a good number two cornerback. But that is a uh, spot to watch right now on this defense. It's further down on the list of worries on this team overall, without a doubt, but something you want to keep an eye on, especially the Broncos felt compelled to sign Fabian Monroe after Riley Moss went out. Is that because they don't fully love uh, Damari Mathis out there? They need a little contention for him, or is it just more of a covering your bases, protecting yourself and getting somebody out there that can play those snaps? We need a 90 man roster and he's a decent player. Yep. You know, well, I'm going to make judgments on why guys were brought in when I see the 53. Hmm. You know, until then, you're like, well, guys, they, they've got to have 90 players out there. You need two full sets of, of uh, you need two first teams and second teams. And that's still only, what, 44 players? So, you know, there's another 46 players that are out there. So I'm not going to, oh, my God, what are you doing signing Fabian Moreau? No, you, you need a 90. And if he earned a spot, he earned a spot. He cannot play the way he did for the Atlanta Falcons and make this team. Can't do it. Mm-hmm. So it's it's there's nothing to worry about. What do you worry about? You know the the hem and hawing about Elliot Fry. I'm like Elliot Fry is not your kicker. That, that's not gonna happen. Let me see the fifty three. I don't. I'm not gonna worry about the ninety. Let me see the fifty three. I'm a little worried about the you know the defensive line prospects because I think you need to do some things to add to a potential fifty three. But that's coming. That's yeah. coming. Um, what else is coming? Michael Rankio is sending us out. He says, "Great show today, Nick and Scott on Broncos for breakfast. Go Broncos and Buckham." Uh, his second big stars. And then this one, for those of y'all that were on Facebook, you saw your screens light up because Michael just came in with 5,000 stars, which is a gigantic donation. Wow. Uh, and Michael, I don't know if you have committed or not committed. I hope you're going to come see us um, when we're there in October. Nick and I will be at the, the meet and greet for the Packers, Packers game. And uh, I hope we get to meet you in person because you're uh, you're a big part of our show and, and the things we do here, Michael. And uh, you're one of the reasons we're here. Mm-hmm. Yeah, we really do appreciate you. And uh, also really hoping that you are out there. I'm planning on being out there. I need to update a few of the dates. I think I'm going to spend a little bit of time in uh, Estes Park uh, beforehand uh, just because um, – going to spend some time with the family out there. My sister and brother-in-law live in Denver. My parents like to get out to uh, Colorado a lot. Probably one of the big reasons I'm a Bronco uh, fan to begin with uh, covering the team started following them was because of how much time my family spent in Colorado. So uh, excited to get out there first meet and greet and uh, hopefully the Broncos can get a victory uh, on the Packers on that October 22nd game because that game coming sandwiched between two Chiefs games. That could be the season uh, right there if the Broncos end up losing three games in a row, unfortunately. So uh, pretty early, but if you LLL uh, that early, it's going to be pretty hard to come back from in uh, the unbelievably quarterback loaded uh, AFC. So got to hopefully win one of those Chiefs games. Maybe it'll be WWW. Who knows, right? Things may be changing in Denver, uh, but we appreciate that. Michael coming in. Yeah, the th- three Super Chats today. I don't even know what to, to make of that. We appreciate you. Uh, one for every single Broncos Super Bowl champion. 
Uh, we got Sin G coming in here. Say, Nick, what's up, my guy? Glad to see you back. What's going on, Scott? Good to see you, Sin. Hopefully you're doing well. And yeah, we're back. A few more backpacking trips uh, planned this year, but things are things are changing out here. So we'll see exactly what the dates are going to be for things going forward. Uh, but yeah, excited to be back and talk to you guys about the Broncos and everything going on. Uh, covering a lot of stuff today. Drew Sanders uh, listed as a midline bet uh, for Defensive Rookie of the Year. Uh, the favorite in that award they listed was uh, Emmanuel Forbes uh, for the Washington Commanders, just I think because of the interceptions for them. Uh, but uh, he would probably not be my favorite. So what do you oh, think? My that... favorite would be Will Anderson, and it's not yeah. close. Yeah. Yep. Yeah, I don't <laughs> Nothing to add. It would be Will Anderson without a doubt. Maybe they it was AFC. Forbes. No, that's still AFC. I don't know, man. I don't know how you don't go Will Anderson on that. Yeah, I, maybe it's because it's the best top bet and the odds for uh, Emmanuel Forbes is 15 to one, where maybe Will Anderson is like five to one or something. So it's uh, the best top bet versus the, the top bet. So Still, uh, if I'm putting yeah. money down, I'm putting on Will Anderson. Yeah, probably. And there's not a lot of uh, competition uh, for them there in Houston uh, right now, at least. DWI guys coming in, saying another great show, gents, and Broncos country. Any word on how the tight ends are doing? Sounds like tight ends are doing pretty well overall, but again, it's going to be kind of hard to understand the tight end pecking order until we see how they go against live bullets in training camp against non-Broncos opponents uh, because a lot of the tight ends, in my opinion, on this team are going to be, can they hold up their end of the bargain in the run game? Uh, can they you know, can they block at all? And what does that usage look like for the non-blockers? Obviously, everybody knows Alberto Cuevanam. Obviously, everybody knows uh, uh, Greg Dulcich, but can they do enough that they're not just listed as a, you know, flex option? Because if you're just a flex tight end, that really does limit your scope unless you are unbelievably uh, athletically gifted and talented. So um want to see what they can do in the run game as well. Sounds like they've been doing fine, but offense overall has not been incredible. And that trickles down to the uh, tight ends as well. Yeah, I, I think when we say Dulcich, I, I, I put him in my head as a slot receiver, Nick. I really do. I mean, he might walk in as you know and, and go down and put his hand down every so often. But when when you're in a traditional tight end set with a run block option, I don't think that's Dulcich. I think Dulcich is going to be used in three wide and four wide situations a lot more often. Um, and it's been a little slow from what the the, the boys said last night, Ethan. Um on Mile High Insiders, Luke and um Thomas have been at at training camp. And they said that Dulcich hasn't really gotten to do, or I won't say gotten, hasn't done a whole lot to distinguish himself to this point. Um, I'm not positive Albert Okawebanon makes this team. I, I yeah. still think he's uh, he's on the outside looking in. And then Manhurts is is in, uh, and you feel pretty good about that. And then uh, you know Troutman wanted to get more of a chance to catch the ball, so so we will see. Yeah, without a doubt. Austin H asking us a big question here, and then we're going to wrap it on up because it is 8:30 Mountain Time here. It says Scott Nick off topic, but what are your thoughts on paying running back since it's that's the NFL topic right now? If Pookie gets back to normal, he could be due for an extension. I don't do it. Um, I don't do it. I feel bad for running backs in the situation that they're in right now, but it is a bottom line business and I'm not, you know, I, they are still people, but at the end of the day, you're trying to win football games and the best running backs in the NFL typically are the ones that are on their rookie contracts. There's always a supply of them coming into the league and your best, typically your best, uh, ROI on the running back position are those day two guys. So you draft one every two to three years in that day two range, maybe early day three, you have a rotation of them. You don't pay them too much because they are not as good typically on their second contract. And 
it's a position that gets injured and dinged up. So now you have Javante Williams, who's already had a significant injury uh, that you're going to have to worry about long-term. Uh, we're not sure what he's going to look like when he comes back. I just, I think you just continue to rotate them in and uh, not pay them and use it as a uh, cheap position. I think the CBA is probably going to have to attack the running back contracts and what it looks like coming forward, uh, coming up here at some point, maybe rookie contracts change to be a little bit shorter or something like that, but uh, <laughs> we'll see what happens. There and there it is. You you hit on it towards the end. Austin H. I'm I'm pro athlete, 100. Pro open market, etc. Cetera, etc. Cetera. And it's not an open market. And once these guys hit the free agent market, if no one wants to pay them, so be it. That's that. That's it. What I would get into though is how, in any other walk of life, a rookie wage scale with a fixed amount of years on it would probably be illegal in the United States of America. I have a bigger problem with that where you're taking these guys who have a shorter, shorter shelf life and saying, this is what you're going to be paid based on where you were drafted without. And that's what it's going to be. And if you don't like it, then you don't, you don't play football. Yep. That's, that's, that's un American. I've, I've said it a zillion times. That's the, the NFL is a, as a monopoly and it's, it's, it grinds these guys up and spits them out. And there's not really a whole lot of options for them. Now, as ordinary people who will never see the $4 million that a rookie contract pays this guy, we don't have a lot of sympathy for these athletes that have been treated like stars their entire life. That's irrelevant to you and me. When I'm Jonathan Taylor and I look around my peers in this business and I see that my average contract has made me the 37th highest paid running back in this league, that's unfair. Yeah. That's unfair based on this is what you're going to be paid. This is where you're going to go play. And this is how long your contract is. And like I said, that's, that's illegal in most of this country, but not here. And I will say one thing about the running back contracts is that a lot of times their best years are honestly their first and second year in the league. And then they kind of start to get the injuries dinged up and whatnot, but at least to the benefit of the running backs, the, they're not really value, valued as much in the professional game NFL. They're still valuable, but like long-term, they're not as valuable. In some of their most valuable years before, they were not getting paid, at least not officially. At least now, uh, the big-time running backs in college football mm -hmm. are going to get paid. Uh, yeah. They are going I, to be... I had this conversation, Nick. I said the NIL will help some of these guys because Leonard oh. Fournette was... I had this conversation. Leonard Fournette was one of the uh, the best running back prospects I saw in in, yeah. in recent years. He would have gotten five million dollars of NIL money. It's like, well, you know, that's not as much as a second contract. Is, is what one of the comments I got back from from Broncos country when I made, you know, when I made the comment that NIL is really going to help these guys. Well, it's it's a lot more than no second contract at all. Yep. yep. Which is what they're looking at now. So, you know, if you're able to to bank some of that money uh, in your years when you are making somebody else billions with a B, YouTube. Good, good. Yep. Um, because I, I had said all along, Nick, about Leonard Fournette, Leonard Fournette shouldn't play his third season. And we saw that happen. We saw that happen during the, the COVID season where guys were saying, it's not worth it. And if you've got guys sitting out and not playing a sport because they're afraid of it's damaging their, their value, you got a problem. Something's mm -hmm. wrong with the system. Yep. And, and that was a big indication uh, that something was wrong. What's not wrong, Gregory Vendelin coming in, coming in big hot pink 
hasn't we haven't seen you in a while. He likes to sneak in and just bam, just just drop a bomb on us like this. Hopefully that won't get flagged for being too violent. Um, Greg, talking about appreciate you so much for this. He's a Gregory Oppenheimer here. Hopefully Japan doesn't <laughs> get in trouble, mad at us for that one. Um, but uh, also Troy Bauer coming in here saying, good. Hey guys, welcome back, Nick. We'll listen later, but glad you're both okay. And our guy Patrick's in the house saying aloha. Good morning, sirs. Patrick is my first lion coffee in a week. Cause I uh, did not bring the French press on the uh, nearly 70 mile uh, backpacking trip. I needed that uh, instant coffee where you just add water. And uh, let me tell you, my, I feel my uh, soul reconnecting to my body after having a little bit of lion coffee. So appreciate you coming in and saying hello. And guys, that's going to do it for us. Uh, 54 minutes. See, Jeremy, it wasn't just 40 minutes there. Appreciate you. Um, but uh, appreciate everyone coming in. Talked a lot today. It's good to be back. Uh, we will be back again next week. Uh, so make sure you guys are tuning in for that and more news in the Broncos. And we got a Hall of Fame game. We actually got some uh, actual football coming, even though the Hall of Fame game is probably typically the single worst NFL product on the field we will see all year other than uh, the Broncos on Christmas. Uh, but uh, appreciate everybody coming in and uh, rejoining us once again. Make sure you're following Scott and I on Twitter. Scott is at Scout Kennedy. I am at Nick Kendall MHH. Also follow us at BFB underscore pod as well as at Mile High Huddle. If you haven't done so yet, join us on Facebook.com forward slash Mile High Huddle and Facebook.com forward slash Mile High Huddle pod. And as the ticker says here underneath, please subscribe to Mile High Huddle. Like this show specifically with uh, Scott and I and share on your social media platforms, Twitch, threads, Instagram, I, the, the, whatever. It's a, it'd be great. Uh, we'd appreciate that if you'd come in and do that. Uh, Scott, any thoughts before we uh, wrap it on up here and get on with our Thursday and Friday before we're uh, on another quick little, you know, normal hiatus and back next week? No, we've di- we've derailed in the chat. We're talking Vandalay Industries, um, okay. you know, Seinfeld, all kinds of stuff. And it all sparked because of Gregory Vandalay's uh, generosity. Um, my final thoughts, I want to say, we don't, we don't do this enough on this show, uh, where we shout out our super chat and, and, and Facebook stars folks. I want to make sure we do that before we get out of here. Mark Schrader kicked us off. David Cromwell with a great question, Mm -hmm. uh, with his super Michael Ranquillo coming in with a hat trick three times. Miguel, uh, Santi Steve, I still can't say your name, right? I put the emphasis on the wrong syllable all the time. And I'm usually pretty good with that. Uh, Gary Palmer. Thank you so much. Ethan, the DWI guys. Great to have you back. Hope things are going well. Uh, Gregory Vendelin coming in, announcing his presence with authority, and Troy Boer, that steady number two hitter who was always there for us too. So thank you, gentlemen. Yeah, we appreciate you guys so much coming in. Good to be back. Uh, did survive the uh, very long trek out there in the Sawtooth Wilderness. Had a good time, and uh, we'll see what the rest of August holds. But uh, we know what we did. We know what it definitely holds: more football, more important football. Broncos country. Glad to be here and hanging out with you guys. Uh, We'll see you guys again next week, but until then, make sure you continue to choose kindness and compassion. And as always go Broncos. Head on over to milehighhuddle.com for all things Broncos. Good morning, Broncos country. McDonald's app, you can get your favorite thing delivered to your door. So if you were looking for a reason to skip washing those dishes you left in the sink, consider this a sign. Right now, get $0 delivery fee with any purchase of $15 or more, only in the app. 
at participating McDonald's. Minimum purchase excludes tax and service fees. Delivery prices may be higher than in restaurants. Other fees may apply. Not valid with any other offer, discount, or coupon.